Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unarmored Talk Podcast. If you're watching or you're listening, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. And I would like to thank the sponsor of this episode, Robert and Miriam Norris. They are co-directors at USANA Health Sciences. So you guys want to know a secret. I've actually been doing work with them for a year. One, I take Vita antioxidant vitamins and then some core minerals that uh, that works well. It keeps me sharp and allows me to do some great interviews. If you guys want some of these antioxidants and, and, and essential minerals and vitamins, check them out at takechargeyourhealth.usana.com. Robert and Miriam Norris. Again, that's takechargeyourhealth.usana.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unarmored Talk Podcast. I am your host, Mario P. Fields, and we have another guest who's willing to remove their armor to have a real-life conversation about a personal professional challenge that hopefully helps the current generation and generations to come. Joseph Loudon, ladies and gentlemen, here he is. <laughs> welcome, man. Thank you. So. It's an honor to be here. It really is. No, thank you. And just like it's I told a, you before. It's a full the, circle moment. Yeah, and like I told you before the show, I'm just blessed to have you have you as a guest. Well, you know, can you tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself, my friend? Of course. Um, I'm 29 years old, Navy veteran, uh, founder of Joseph Lauda Consulting. I've worked in consulting for three years. Um, and I am also a speaker and a writer, and the topics I normally cover are the topics most people don't like to talk about, um, which nice. is mental illness, grieving, um, trauma, PTSD, depression, all the things that I've faced that I realized other people faced, but no one was talking about. So I took it upon myself to find my group of people, and I've been blessed to find them and to pour into them. Nice. And, and thanks for, for serving in the Navy. My wife's a Navy veteran, so we got a blue-green team in this house. I got a special, special place in my heart. Dad is a Navy veteran and older brother, 17 months older than I am, is retired from the Navy, my friend. <laughs> I, have, I come from a long line of Marines, and I think I'm one of two sailors and then an Air Force airman. Everyone else is Marines. Yeah, so you everything guys, that you can say about me, I've already heard. <laughs> right, you guys got a little joint action going, man. A mm -hmm. joint, some joint. So, ladies and gentlemen, again, he's 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 taking those those steps to to really talk about and discuss uh, some things that are that that right trigger lots of emotions. May be difficult for many people to to talk about, and and they and you guys can uh, follow. How can they follow you and find you so they can uh, follow your content and discuss with you? So my, my main home place is LinkedIn. I, I chose LinkedIn because it's professional. So I took the things that people consider maybe unprofessional and applied it to, to the professional workplace of LinkedIn. Also Instagram and TikTok. TikToks are a lot of just conversations like this. Just me, phone in my hand, just pouring into people. LinkedIn's a lot of more long form type stuff. You want to know anything about the mental illness side of things, my 13 year battle with mental illness, LinkedIn is the place because that's where I take all of my writing and put articles up and things like that. Nice. Nice. You guys heard. I just followed him on Instagram. So get out there, follow Joseph 
and um, and let's get into some discussions. But hey, you mentioned it, and hey, guys, it's unarmored talk. We're about to jump into the topic. You know, you talked about mental illness, some challenges, maybe PTSD. But um, one thing that I, I think that we, we we should talk about is your upbringing wasn't really that positive, and I think there was some grieving in your life for years. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, grieving is if you if you looked in the book of my life, which I plan on writing one day, there's going to be a lot of topics involved with grief, the lack of grieving to learning to grieve and helping others grieve. Um, you spoke yeah. about my childhood. Yeah. Um, I grew up dirt road poor in a little no name town in Texas. Um, my father uh, was a addict. He was a great father when he was there. When the drugs took him away, he would be gone for a period of time. Um, my stepmother, who raised me, um, the entire time I knew her, she battled cancer. Wow. And the grieving part really comes in as I get older, you know, start getting up into my early teenage years. And things started to kind of, the pieces starting to come together and realizing why dad's gone all the time. Um, you know, and it really hit me, I think, the first time when... I came home from school one day and the trailer house that we grew up in was gone. Wait, a minute, wait, 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 so you, so you come home from school and, mm -hmm. and your essentially your home <laughs> is not even there and it wasn't taken away by a tornado e either. No, no, it's it gone. was taken away because it, the bill wasn't paid. Um, and wow. you know, that is when it really hit me, like things might not be, necessarily normal and then again as a child you don't really think about you don't really know the enormity of cancer you're living it every single day watching but my stepmother was such an incredible woman that even after her health hair fell out you know even when she was sick all the time she always took care of us and at the time i also didn't realize that my father was battling a, a fatal um illness too um about eight months before I was born, my father found out he had HIV. And my father's story is, I can sum it up real quick. He had everything going for him. He was about 6'6", six, six, about 290 pounds his senior year of high school. He was an All-American lineman, um, a blue chip prospect in Texas, one of the top linemen in Texas. Everyone was like, you're going to go to college, you're going to go to the NFL. My father's Every, I think every person has something inside of them that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Mm -hmm. My father's was he had a big heart and he would do anything to make anybody happy. So the way I understand it, the way that it was told to me was my father went to a college recruiting um, me event and somewhere in the middle of it traded a dirty needle with somebody and ended up getting HIV. Wow. Well, again, the, the, the biggest grieving where it really comes in is when I was 13 years old. Yes. Yeah, so my, father, my father died. And yeah. the hard part about it more than, I mean, all of it was hard, but the really hard part about it was I hadn't seen him in like six months before he died. And mm -hmm. I never got to see him. He died in ICU. Um, and it was four days after Christmas. Mm. And my Christmas present for him was a stress ball. And I thought it was so ironic after I got older and thought back, like 
even in his death, he thought about me enough to give me something to try to relieve the stress of it. And as I looked back, as I got older, it made sense why my dad kind of did the things that he did because he was trying to protect me from something that he couldn't protect me from. He knew it was coming when, when I was about a year old, um, they gave my dad six months to live. So my dad and my mother at the time, um, made an agreement. My mother said, I will let him stay with you for as long as you live because I want him to know your, know his father. Right. And I cannot say enough about my mom. She's an incredible woman. She's so strong. She didn't know that that was going to take 13 years, but she kept her promise. Right. And the only thing that I heard from my dad, the last thing I ever heard from him was if something happens to me, you go live with your mom. Mm -hmm. And at this time, again, my stepmother's still alive. She is my mom. I have two moms. I've been blessed in this life to have two moms. Right. Um, and both of them are fine with the fact that I both call them mom. She was there when my father passed away. And I did not know until the day of the funeral, dad had HIV. I didn't know that every single day of his life, he was looking at that potentially being the last day. Because again, they said six months at a year old. So every moment after that was given time. It was, he wasn't supposed to live any longer than that. Right. So I got 13 years of him. And yes, some of it was bad. Some of it was good. But a lot of what my father did was to prepare me without me even realizing it. And my entire family, for a while, the initial stages of grief of losing my father, I hated them because I was like, why didn't anybody tell me that dad was dying every day? Because I know Heidi, I know Heidi, my stepmother, I know she, I mean, I know she's battling cancer. So if I know she's battling cancer, why no, can't right. I know about him? Right. And so yeah. here it is. So here it is now. You're 13. You you yeah. get you get pretty much shocked uh, when dad oh, yeah. unfortunately passes away. But then that's when you realize dad has been dying since I was one. Yeah. And why didn't you guys tell me? Yeah. And, and I'll never forget um, my great grandfather. I was mm -hmm. blessed to know him and. and he was in his late 80s. And what he told me, he said, son, we're all dying. The only reality is that your father faced it every single day. Interesting. And wow. that aspect helped me a lot as I went through the grieving process, because there's a quote and it says that death isn't happening to just you. It's happening to everybody. Yeah. And what grieving is, is the rationalization of life and death. Hmm. And I wouldn't, I would not, I would pray that no one, no child will ever have to go through what I went through and learn it so young. And, and, you and, know, and, Joseph, and Joseph, when, when, um, at what point did you realize that you were actually grieving? Was it teenager? Was it young adult? Like where, where at that one moment you go, man, I'm grieving from, from my past experiences. I think the rationalization happened 13 years after my dad died. So you about 20. Like where it really came because that's what I felt. So when I talk about my battle with mental illness, I say it lasted 13 years from 13 to 26. I'm 29. So it's been three years since okay. I felt like the weight was lifted. Wow. And it, it came in the form of therapy because every other time I'm trying to figure it out on my own because you mentioned, you mentioned, you know, having a rough childhood. 
childhood, but it wasn't like rough childhood things get better. It was father died the same day I went to the funeral. I got on a plane and flew to Georgia. So now everything that I've ever known is gone. My mother at the time, again, my stepmother, I couldn't see her every day. I couldn't see my friends, my family, anything. So the normal process of grieving, there's an initial loss and then your family's there to support you. My family was all the way in Texas. So now it's me figuring it out basically on my own with the help of my mother. And that process in and of itself, you know, is very difficult to grieve. The initial stage, the rationalization that this has happened. But mine was so quick because my father is in a casket. Hmm. My mother told me to write him a letter to tell him everything that I wish I could have told him because I didn't get to talk to him, never got the opportunity. So I did that. And then now you're on a plane. So now you know everything's different because it's all different. Your environment's different, everything. Again, I grew up dirt road poor on a farm. I went from a farm to living in a big city. Huge environment change too. So these all these different changes happening. And I think one of the most important things to, to realize about grieving is that it is a process. You can't force it, but it, you can't avoid it. You can't run from it. One of the biggest things I tell everybody is you can run as far as you want. You can try to do anything to distract yourself, but it will always be there until you go through it, not around it, not run from it. You go through the process. Yeah. And unfortunately for me, it took me 13 years because I'm stubborn. <laughs> and I, again, I was 13. I remember all too well my father telling me one day I came home from school and I got bullied and my dad said, never let him see you cry. Never let him see you cry. But I understood as I got older why he told me that because he thought it was protecting me, but it also blocked me off from help because I was like, nobody needs, nobody has to see it. I can't show it to anybody. And the unfortunate thing was I lost my father at 13. I lost my great grandfather at 15. At 18, I lost my grandmother. And at 20, I lost my stepmother. And in the last 16 years, I've lost at least one loved one every year for the last 16 years. Wow. So grieving for me is not just a, a perspective. It's literally a lifestyle and, and you know, all the, the different things involved in it. And, you know, Joe, so I'm glad you brought that up because the discussion framework of Unarmored Talk is for the listeners and viewers to gain a better understanding that emotions are, na emotions are natural as human beings. Mm -hmm. Emotions are natural. Crying, fear, that's all natural. And then how do you think through it? But but like in your case, how you mentioned, you were taught early to really to, to block, right? Not to accept and embrace a natural thing. And, and then listening to how that impacted you. And then how you know, 13 years later from 13 to 26, how you started to, to choose it to, to, to accept those emotions that are attached to grieving and crying. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's amazing. It, was there one particular event three years ago that you, that like one thing that you were like, man, that, that, that made you become more self-aware of how your earlier experiences really changed you? Yep. Um, I, I'll never forget it. My counselor, um, 
I came in, I was real sarcastic. I'm a, I kind of a sarcastic person. And well, you know, you know how sailors said, are. You know, you know how sailors are. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, again, you know, I'm, I'm in my early twenties. Um, I've been through hell on earth, and I'm like, no, nothing can touch me. Yeah. There's no, nothing that anything can happen that that I haven't already been through. And she said, um, the past is the past. Now I want you to give me three words to define your future. And I said, oh, well, I thought nothing was supposed to define us. And she said, I'm the one asking the questions now. And I needed that, like that. Oh, okay. This is, she's, she, like, she means business. She's like, hey, hothead, she just be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically where it's like, you've, you've, you've tried. Yeah. And the reason you're here is because we're trying to come up with a new plan. And I said, okay, three words. And I went home and I thought about it. And I remember driving back to the office the next day for therapy. While I'm on active duty, I'm still, you know, I'm, I, at this time I am a third class. So I have junior sailors under me. Right. Everybody at this point knows I'm in therapy because I'm vocal about it because I want other people to know that it's okay. Right. And I'm driving down the road and three words hit me. And it's illuminate, inspire, and innovate. And that was the first time in my life that I could look in the future and not say, like, it's not going to get any better because it was the first time I allowed my mind to take everything that's happened and turn it into purpose. And the craziest thing, and we talked about this before, is when I was preparing for this episode, I actually posted a post on LinkedIn and then I went up to Facebook to make the same post. And I looked back at a memory and 2015, today's date, 2015, seven years ago, I wrote my first post and video sharing a little bit about myself seven years ago. And here I am. And I would not be here if I wouldn't have gone through that grieving process. Cause I would have never been able to verbalize any of it with you without becoming a complete and total mess. Yeah. And that's how for me that I know 2016 was the end of it. Now is because I can now talk with it in a way that it impacts people. And they're like, this guy gets it. But not only does he get it, he illuminates things. He, he, he gives inspiration, but also like innovative ways to go about going through it. You know, and it's just it's an incredible thing to look back at myself seven years ago on video. I can't even look at the camera and I'm looking down and I'm reading what I wrote because I was in therapy at the time. And then she told me to start writing. She said, Joseph, do you know you're an incredible writer? I said, nobody has ever told me that. I was the fifth year senior. I got kicked out my senior year the first time because I didn't show up because my depression was so bad. I didn't want to be around anybody. Right. I just wanted to sit in my moment and experience my pain. That's all I cared about. And then I came back my final year and graduated high school, but nobody had ever told me I was a good student or a good writer or a good anything really. Yeah. Just graduated. They just told me, Oh my God, your story, your story's so incredible. You should write a book one day. That's the only thing people ever told me. Wow. Wow. So, and, you know, ladies and gentlemen, just so you guys know, this episode will be published in June. But today's day is actually April 20th of 2022. So that's seven years from April 20th of 2022. Actually, after this episode, I'm actually going to go on his social media and, and check it out. But and, that, and that's amazing to listen to the, the, the development, you know, through choice, through the choices you've made over the years um, and, and, and to have that one person that professional ask you a question and go no this is my show not yours anymore you, you've yeah. had your time 
So I want you to accurately answer these three questions and how you mm-hmm. thought through them, right? Not much emotion, but you thought through them and, and how for the first time in your life, and, and here you are in your mid, you know, mid to late 20s, and you finally realize that there is some positive in the future through your imagination. Yeah. It's just the way you yeah. think. Yeah. And, and, and then one of the most incredible things, I think, for anybody who... I mean, pretty, pretty much anyone is, and this is something I start every session when I work with a client is yeah. the serenity prayer. And the most important thing for me is God grant me the serenity to accept the things that I cannot change Amen. and the courage to change the things I can. The reason that is so important to me is because I heard it for the first time when I was 10 years old. Again, from 10 to 13, I didn't see my dad a lot, but one, one of the times I could go see him was when he went to AA. He picked me up. We'd go get something to eat after AA. He would do his thing at AA. Well, the only part of AA I could be a part of because I was a child was the serenity prayer. So here I am, 10 years old, watching not only other men and women, but my Superman. Again, my dad was a walking refrigerator. He's the biggest person I've ever met in my entire life. But we're all together at a table admitting to themselves that there are things that they can change and there are things they can't. And the most important thing I think to that serenity prayer is taking this world as it is, not as I would have it. And once I grasped that part, my mind just, it opened up. And I was finally, Bible talks about having eyes to see. Once I I was once blind, but now I see. That's when I realized that I can either try my ultimate to try to force things to be the way I want, or I can take the world as it is and do with what I can with it, with my story, with my testimony. So now I say you turn tests into testimonies and then you turn testimonies into testimonials. It's not enough for me to share my testimony. I need, there needs to be testimonials that come from my testimony, meaning my story meant something to somebody. Right. And that's what gets me out of bed every morning. That's what broke the chains of the prison that I created in my, in my mind. Because yeah. I was still able to do my job in the Navy. Well, not very good, but yeah. I still served. I still did all these things, but I never was able to give 100%. And I remember telling my therapist, it would be nice to know what 100% is. She said, you'll never get there because of your stubborn will. <laughs> and I said, and she, and she was, again, she was a Christian therapist. She said, <clears throat> because what you re- need right now is to stop filling your voids with distractions and with all this rest and address the, of the voids. So that's what we did. We worked yeah. on void. We yeah, started addressing. Well, well, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you guys heard it. You know, at 10 years old, you would think that a 10-year-old attending an A meeting with their hero, their father, you know, what is a 10-year-old going to learn from that? And here, here Joseph is at the age of 29. And one of the most powerful things he learned was a serenity prayer. And focus on things that you can influence and change through your behaviors, but accept the things you cannot change. If there's anything reflecting back, Joseph, if there's any one thing, one thing that you could leave the listeners and viewers, what what would you leave them today? The things that happen aren't happening against you. They're happening for you. And before somebody comes at me with pitchforks, please understand this. 
everything that we go through is for a reason. And sometimes that reason is not just for you. For example, if there's any parent out there, I've never experienced the loss of a child. If you've gone through it, my heart goes out to you. But if you've lost a child, as you go through the grieving process, you'll get to a, the last stage of grieving, which is then taking all of the energy that you would pour into your child and pouring it into someone else. So here's an example. A mother has lost a son and a son has lost a mother. Those two things allow those people to connect at a level that no one could ever understand but those people. My story and the things that I've went through allow me to relate to people, become a more perfect version of myself and become a more mature Christian because I'm able to relate to people and then help them. Without the things that have happened, I have no testimony. With no testimony, there's no testimonials. So for anyone that's going through the process of grieving and they're in the final stage where they're like, I'm just trying to learn how to live. Take the energy, the love that you had for whatever you had, and it's gone now, and put it into something else. Nice, nice. Again, Joseph, I, I feel like I've known you for years, my friend. I truly appreciate it. You guys heard from Joseph. You can take that energy, put it towards something else, and continue to live a wonderful life and make a positive difference in people's lives. You've done it for me, and I know when this episode is published, you'll do it for many, many more people, my friend. I truly appreciate you, you. You've done it for me my, my, as well because it's it's so important, especially for men, to have things like this to be able to come and speak. Because again, a lot of a lot of young kids, a lot of young boys have heard the same thing. Don't let them see you cry. Absolutely, my friend. Well, well, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Again, I'll continue to stalk you. I mean, I mean, follow you on your social media, and thank you again for appearing on Unarmored Talk podcast. My pleasure. It was an honor. Thank you. No, no worries. Well, ladies and gentlemen, until next time, God bless you all. And we will see you guys later. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you again for watching or listening uh, to this latest episode. And don't forget, if you want to take charge of your health and you want to get healthier, there's a great solution at TakeChargeYourHealth.usana.com. That's Robert and Miriam Norris, the sponsors of this episode. Again, TakeChargeYourHealth.usana.com. Make sure you guys check it out and place your order today.